bishops, tradesmen, servants, courtiers, even the king himself, blanched and stared. Even now I remember his face, his powdered curls, his eager eyes, and the deafening surge of applause. Pride's a sin, of course, though personally I've never understood why, and some would say it's pride brought me where I am today. Brought low, if you like though they say I'll rise higher in the end. Oh, when Judgment Day comes, I'll dance with the angels, Sir Marguerite tells me. But she's a crazy, poor, twitching, tick-ridden thing, turning water into wine with the mixture from a bottle hidden beneath her mattress. She thinks I don't know. But in our daughter, with only a thin partition between each narrow bed, no one keeps their secrets for long. No one, that is, but me. The Abbey of Sainte-Marie-de-la-Mer stands on the western side of the half-island of Noir-Moustier. It is a sprawling building set around a central courtyard, with wooden outbuildings to the side and around the back. For the past five years it has been my home, by far the longest time I have ever stayed in any place. I am Sir Auguste. Who I was does not concern us. Not yet, anyway. The abbey is perhaps the only refuge where the past may be left behind. But the past is a sly sickness. It may be carried on a breath of wind, in the sound of a flute, on the feet of a dancer. Too late, as always, I see this now. But there is nowhere for me to go but forward. It begins with the players. Who knows where it may end? The rope dancer's act was over. Now came juggling and music, while the leader of the troupe, Lazarillo himself, I presumed, announced the show's finale. And now, good sisters, his voice trained in theatres, rolled across the courtyard. For your pleasure and edification, for your amusement and delight, Lazarillo's world players are proud to perform a comedy of manners, a most uproarious tale. I give you, he paused dramatically, doffing his long plumed tricorn, Les Amours de l'Ermite. A crow, blackbird of misfortune, flew overhead. For a second I felt the cool flicker of its shadow across my face, and with my fingers, Forked the sign against malchance. Be gone. The crow seemed unmoved. He fluttered ungainly to the head of the well in the courtyard centre, and I caught an impudent gleam of yellow from his eye. Below him, Lazarillo's troop proceeded undisturbed. The crow cocked his head quickly, greasily, in my direction. Be gone. I once saw my mother banish a swarm of wild bees with nothing more than that cantrip. But the crow simply opened his beak at me in silence, exposing a blue sliver of tongue. I suppressed the urge to throw a stone. Besides, the play was already beginning. An evil cleric wished to seduce a beautiful girl. She took refuge in a convent, while her lover, a clown, tried to rescue her disguised as a nun. They were discovered by the evil suitor, who swore that if he could not have the girl, then no one would, 
only to be foiled by the sudden appearance of a monkey which leapt onto the villain's head, allowing the lovers to make good their escape. The play was indifferent. The players themselves all but exhausted by the heat. Business must have been very bad, I thought, for the players to come to us. An island convent can offer little more than food and board, not even that if rules are strictly applied. Maybe there'd been trouble on the mainland. Times were hard for itinerants of all kinds. But Fleur loved the performance, clapping her hands and shouting encouragement to the squealing monkey. Next to her, Perrette, our youngest novice, looking rather like a monkey herself, with her small vivid face and fluffy head, hooted with excitement. The act was nearing its end. The lovers were reunited. The evil priest was unmasked. I felt slightly dizzy, as if the sun had turned my head.